gotta keep them separated. everyone welcome back to the dr bat show talk radio to thrive by dr travis bradbury is joining us here today best-selling co-author of the emotional intelligence quickbook and by the way he has been on air with us several times because he did the dr pat and benny personality test so we still have learned a lot about each we're other we're like with... peanut butter and jelly yeah man we're different but yet we're good together i know uh, although you'd be kind of crunchy not Am the I the crunchy? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm the I'm peanut the butter. You're the jelly. I'm the fruity one. I okay, mean. <laughs> good. But, I, you know, I like being crunchy some days. That's good. That's totally fine. Crunchy peanut butter is about having all of everything. It's the best having of the both best, worlds. The best of both you, you get the soft, smooth stuff, and you get to chew on a few uh-huh. things. Well, I want to tell you, Dr. Travis has been busy since he's been on the show, straightening out Benny and I. He has been busy because what he has done, he has taken on one of my favorite conversations, and that is, is your boss killing you? How to spot a bad boss before it's too late. And, you know, he's joining us here today. Squawk is a word you're going to hear a lot about. How to stop making noise and get started getting results with Squawk. He's joining us here today. We're going to be talking about, uh, is your boss killing you? And so what if he or she is? Joining us here today, Dr. Travis is someone that has taken on a topic that's not only fun, but is very important. Most people that leave their jobs, according to my research, is that they leave their jobs not because the company has violated every rule in the book and promise they've had, but because the boss is just not cutting it. Dr. Travis, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thanks for having me back. Good to be back. Man, you're taking this on. Tell me a little bit about why this topic, uh, you're passionate about this one. Well, as, as you've heard before, uh, uh, my company, Talent Smart, does, you know, we, we call ourselves a think tank and consultancy that's dedicated to the scientific study of personal excellence. We're looking at what factors lead people to succeed and, and what hold them back. And this was really something, this, this concept of, of these bad bosses and, and seagull managers is the term that we're really on right now. This was sitting in our database just, just staring at it. Um, <laughs> we looked at 150,000 managers and found that it's these seagull qualities that are, are prevailing in the workplace today. And they're, they're not only holding the bosses back, they're, they're holding their, their teams back because it's making them so ineffective. And you said seagull, right? That's like the bird that I watched all weekend, a seagull. What is a seagull manager? Yeah, a seagull manager is, is a boss who tries to keep their distance from the team either because they're afraid of being labeled a micromanager and they think that's the way to be a good manager, yeah. or they're just too plain busy mm-hmm. to heed any attention to their staff. That is until a problem flares up. The moment it does, these people come swooping in, they're squawking up a storm. They're dumping orders on all, all over everyone. It usually amounts to formulaic advice, and then they're gone, and they're off to the, solving, in quotes, the next problem. So you got the staff left there with, they're worse off than they were before. 
So here's the deal with this, and I want to ask you about this. Um, if you have a front line, and I call it front line, that's not uh, what I mean by that is your direct boss, the you know the person that you, you know you have to say hello to every day or not, and you know these are the folks. Don't we have a sort of seagull effect, so to speak, meaning that chance is that their boss uh, is a seagull and their boss's boss is a seagull and we're doing seagull stuff all over the place. As always, Dr. Pat, you're right on the money. <laughs> um, what you know, actually, the last chapter of the book is dedicated to this. I mean, I, I opened the chapter with. If you haven't thought at some point in this book that you might be a seagull manager, you're not paying attention. It's not serving its purpose. Because we all are seagull managers from time to time, yep. even people that don't have anyone reporting to them. Yes. The seagull approach is really how you approach problem solving. And the way, you know, not just the workplace, obviously the workplace, but the way our whole lives are structured these days, it's just, Information is coming at you faster than it can be processed, and people are running around from thing to thing. I mean, you see these, you know, the soccer moms is a term that's thrown around a lot, and now their kids are aging, and their helicopter parents around uh, the kids in the university. I mean, I mean, this is really the way uh, information flows. So in the workplace, people get caught up in going from problem to problem and not giving specific individual tasks the time and the attention that they deserve to do them well. So let's talk about some interesting information, and you always have such really cool statistics. Uh, not many of my listeners know that I'm like this closet statistician, you know, and, and, you know, when you go through a doctoral program like the one I went through and then postdoc work, you know, you kind of look at that and you say, okay, is everything a statistic? But there are some statistics that I found fascinating, and I would love for you to share some of these recent statistics. And, and did they come from your database? Most of these stats are information that I found in the media. Great. Which, um, you know, in our database, we're looking at the individual manager and seeing what skill gets them to perform. Okay. And, and we're finding that so many of these managers are seagulls. Um, and, then, and then we're out in the, you know, in the media and we're looking at what information is, is, is out there, what research is being done. And you have managers saying, if, when they're asked, what does your company want from you? You know, how do you perform well in your job? The overwhelming response, two-thirds of managers bringing in the numbers. But 64% of managers um, admit that they need to work on their management skills, and a similar number, a similar percentage, are fired for poor people skills. So they think they need to run around bringing the numbers, drive, 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 and they're fired because of how they deal with people. So uh, they're being set up to fail. Okay, so here's, like, what I love this. I love talking about this. I wish I had like a gazillion hours to talk about it. So what part of the company is to blame for this? Um, you know, I, you can blame I, I, HR. I'm, I have an HR background, so we can start there. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what. Um, the, the negligence is coming from the top. Um, corporate leadership needs to recognize the simple fact that managers are the vessels of a company's culture. And they're representing that company to the employees. And the mandates and the, and the, that are coming from up top, the culture that's created up top, trickles down to the entire organization. So they're the ones that are communi communicating this drive, 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 numbers, numbers. And it's the rare company that's actually... It's not that they give up on the drive to results. They recognize that people are their number one asset. 
people are, are, are what get them results, get them success. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how good your product is. If you don't have the people to build it, to provide the customer service, to um, brand your company, to market it, to do the sales, you, you're nothing. And like we're finding the companies that focus on the people are actually the ones that are getting the best results and, and the, they're the most profitable. So, you know, when we look at some of this, uh, and I know for me that, um, you know, the, my personal experience in the corporation, you know, has really uh been an inspiration for me to do some work outside of that. As a matter of fact, I'm finishing up my book um, uh, on you know, on leadership, and it has to do from what you and I are talking about today. It comes from that place. But you, you know, in what you've created in Squawk, you know, we're talking about coming to work 24 some people 24 7 and having to deal with not only the day-to-day you know my boss is just not cutting it but we think about leaving a lot you know it's not like we come to work and we say i got a bad boss we come to work and try to figure out how the heck am i going to quit this job Mm -hmm. well and and even in even in the the times or in the positions where we're really loving coming to work you're, you're you're still dying to to go home at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, um, literally dying. Yeah. <laughs> We're spending, you know, 40 hours minimum at, at work every week. And how many hours are we spending with our friends, our family, our children, our spouse, yeah. etc.? So definitely people, you know, work has got to be good to feel good. I mean, things have really got to be going well. And typically the stat, and as it is right now, about 50% of Americans you know, loathe their job. They're coming to jobs that are not satisfying at all, and they grind it out all week. Now, five years ago, the the labor market was much, much um, tighter. There was uh, much lower levels of unemployment, and employers were fighting for people. Right. Now it's the opposite. Unemployment is, is going up every single day. Um, the historically low rates that we've enjoyed for the last decade or so are becoming a thing of the past, and right. people are looking at their jobs saying, if I don't like it, I may not have another option. Right. So working for a Siegel manager, working for someone who um, needs to go through the transformation that's, de- that's described in my book, Squawk, is, is a, a grave reality for a lot of people. And, you know, there's a question that I, that I need to ask you, and, and that is that, um, you know, this... <laughs> Somewhere along the line, we have to have a conversation about the bottom line. I mean, if people are not performing to their capacity or the ability or being challenged to take their abilities to the next level, I mean, aren't we really talking about affecting an organization's effectiveness, so to speak? Or do, do we not care about that anymore? I'm just curious. Well, you know, it's one of those situations where it can be a Mm -hmm. win-win. Working on these skills make people happier and more productive on the job. Let's hold that thought. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking more about that. Dr. Travis Bradbury joining us here today. The book is called Squawk. And when we come back, you're going to hear me squawking a little bit. And, of course, Benny and I always listen to what Dr. Travis has to say. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show.
Does how you think affect how you feel or what you have? Do you want to achieve outstanding business and career goals, have a better relationship, or improve your health and fitness? In the excuses and get immediate results with the help of Huna, ancient wisdom, modern application. What if you could attract money and abundance to you like a magnet? Donate excess weight and maintain your ideal state of health or create the kind of relationship you've always wanted. With Huna, you'll discover how to eliminate disempowering beliefs by using self-empowerment tools. The Huna Prosperity Weekend will be in Los Angeles October 4th and 5th. Join Matt James December 13th and 14th in Seattle at the Huna Prosperity Weekend. Call 800-800-MIND or visit huna.com to register. This incredible workshop is only $95 for a limited time. Call 800-800-MIND or visit huna.com. The Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. Tune in your radio to hear Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant as she uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. Carrie will read your unique energy field, connecting you with the treasures of your soul, your passions, and your true life purpose. Don't miss Carrie's weekly astounding and energetic predictions. Fasten your seatbelt as you take a wild ride with Carrie O'Connor. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Hi, I'm Lynn McTaggart. Pat, it is always such a pleasure to be on your show. You ask the kinds of questions that no one asks, and you stimulate me to new places. I'm thrilled to be on your show and also to tell people about our peace intention experiment to get involved on September 14th, that's a Sunday, by first signing up on www.theintentionexperiment.com and you can do forward slash peace and you'll get right to it. Do you have questions about romance, work, or health? Get the answers you need at the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th at the Seattle Center Fisher Pavilion. Saturday, 10 to 7, and Sunday, 11 to 6. For only $12, you can enjoy two days filled with over 80 holistic exhibitors and 60 free lectures ranging from natural health, personal growth, and metaphysical topics. Visit bmse.net for a $2 off coupon or call 541-482-3722 for information. Shop beautiful crystals, purchase quality nutritional supplements, have your future revealed, and much more. From ancient healing traditions to the latest in the holistic world, this Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo will educate and entertain. Dr. Pat will have an all-new lecture at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Come enjoy the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th. Visit bmsc.net. Made fresh each day for you. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. You know, I love being here and having this conversation with Dr. Travis Bradbury. But I want to also make sure that you know about this fabulous website that he's put up uh, where you can get a copy of the book Squawk. And we'll talk about this in the book a minute because we should take a minute to talk about the book. It's, it's a little fable about a big problem that's hovering inside every workplace. The book is called Squawk. And if you go to the website, which is, is it squawk.com, uh, Dr. Travis? 
It's squawkbook.com. Squawkbook.com. Uh, I'm so used to going to talentsmart.com, but if you go to squawkbook.com, you're going to find this. But more importantly, you've got some fun things on here. Uh, one of the things you've got on here that says that you can, it, first of all, it's a squawk mail where you can mail this card to someone. It'll go there anonymously to let them know they're a squawk uh, or a seagull manager. Yes, you can. And it's, yeah, it's squawk mail. There's actually a few different e-cards. So one card towards the boss. There's one towards coworkers. And you can send them off anonymously or use your name if you um, are suicidal and um, just, Go for it and uh, let people know. Uh, and, you know, you also have some stories on here, which I, I really love stories because people share their stories. You know, one of them, um, I love this one. It says, I used to work for a supervisor who needed an update for what I was doing every half hour. This is a graphic <laughs> artist guy. Then he'd ask that I give him the complete project process upon completion. And the only time he gave me feedback uh, given that I was a graphic designer, uh, uh, it, yeah, th- and that was the only time. Give, given that I was a graphic designer, interruptions like these just kill my career. No kidding, I managed the group of graphic designers yeah. at one point. But we're really talking about a big problem. This is not just a few people, are, is it? No, it's, it's not. It's actually uh, the vast majority of management are being held back by these these seagull tendencies. Mm. It's such an artifact of the way work is structured today that people need to have, they need to bring a completely different orientation to their job to to eradicate it, take things on a different way. Mm. You know, what happens if you are different and you're not a seagull manager? What happens if you're not? I mean, first of all, if you were not a seagull manager, would you ever survive in the Donald Trump camp? I mean, that's a question. But more importantly, uh, wouldn't you sort of be almost like the black sheep of the family if you were not in line with some of these tactics? Well, you know, I I really think it it depends upon what kind of leadership role you take, you know, with your group. It could be... um, your team at work, it could be your department, it could be the PTA or the, um, the, the, the board of directors for your community. I mean, it, it's really, the hu- human behavior takes such a similar shape when you get people in these kind of group sessions we are trying to get things done. And um, people will gravitate towards new ideas, powerful ideas, effective ideas. I'm guessing that if you're not a Seagull manager, people already see how effective you are in your work it's just a matter of getting them to understand that they can adopt these same traits. And um, Squawk is a, a good way to do that because the book actually breaks down what it is you do to not be a seagull manager. So suddenly it's, it's something that is approachable for anyone rather than, you know, a single person just being preachy. Well, and, you know, let's talk about this because you are you have your own uh, business and, you know, you, you are sort of looking at your clients who may be some seagull managers. How are your clients reacting to the book? Um, they're nuts about it. They, they <laughs> so, really right, are. Nuts they're... in a good way. Nuts in a good way. <laughs> that's okay. right. That's right. Nuts in a good way. Um, yeah, people are really finding that. Um, it's making the concept so approachable for their employee population that it's opening doors for them. Um, you know, I said uh, that you know, we work with 75% of Fortune 500, but we also work with small businesses, mid-sized mm-hmm. businesses, um, and these are typically organizations that can't afford, you know, the big-dollar consultants. They don't have an HR learning department. But a book like Squawk is 
is you know a thirteen dollar tool that you can give to all your managers and and see an impact and have something to talk around. So that's the response we're seeing from our customers. They're they're seeing it as a as a powerful tool to put into practice. So, you know, one of the things that I think that you talk about and we mentioned briefly here had to do with some of the trends. Um, You know, one of them just blew me away. And it was that um, people under a seagull manager are 30 percent more likely to develop coronary heart disease. That's a scary number, Travis. I mean, yeah. Wow. And it's and it's really a a study that that's well done, which is just really why I'm so impressed impressed by it. This is not a study my company performed. This is one that was done in London, where a group of researchers followed British civil servants. So these are people who are government workers, and they followed them for a shade under nine years. They looked at their manager behavior, who they are working for, what kind of how basically how their bosses treated each person, and then they followed the progression of their health. Uh, what the researchers also did is they, they weighted out or eliminated the influence of your typical factors, especially for heart disease, you know, uh, the weight, whether or not the bo- person's body mass index, uh, how much they eat, whether they smoke, whether they drink, et cetera, et cetera. And they found that just working for a seagull manager makes you 30% more likely to develop coronary heart disease. That just shows the amount of stress strain that people are bearing when they're working under someone who's, um, you know, bringing these seagull practices to work every day. So, you know, as we look at this, you know, beyond this being a fun read and and also beyond being a fun read, uh, being a way for us to truly look at some leadership uh, characteristics that are so important in today's world, you, you know, what is it that we can do Dr. Travis, what can we do? What is the action that is needed to to make a shift here with these staggering statistics? You know, it's it's awareness is the first piece, and you know, bosses need to managers need to understand, even people in the workplace, that these qualities of approaching people, these seagull qualities, hold you back. And naturally, once once there's awareness, people want to know how to do it. And, and in Squawk, the, the book presents three behaviors that are the polar opposites of the swooping, squawking, and dumping that characterizes seagull managers. With the swooping, what you do instead is you create full-fledged expectations. So this is just a matter of, at the outset, getting people to understand that your purpose as a manager is to help them succeed. So when you assign a task, you fully explain it, you make sure the person understands, is able to perform it, and understands how they're going to be evaluated. So from the get-go, they're set up to succeed rather than being set up to fail. The polar opposite of squawking is communication that clicks. Now, communication clicks when it's frequent, obviously, but beyond that, it has to flow in two directions. As a manager, you have to invite people to offer feedback, to offer suggestions, to give you updates, and make it so it's not just a matter of you harping on people and and breathing down their necks like our poor uh, graphic designer, Steve, that posted uh, the message on the squawkbook.com. The final piece, pause on performance. So this is the polar opposite of dumping. So instead of coming in and dumping on someone every time they make a mistake, you're keeping a pulse on their performance constantly. What I mean by that is you're aware of how they're doing. They don't even have to see or know that, you're, you're, you know, the idea is not to breathe down their neck. It's to know how they're doing. And when they're doing well, 
you let them know it. You praise them because they're on track, and that will keep them there. When people get sidetracked or they make a mistake, you show them how to perform successfully. You, you get them back on track, and that really confirms this element of trust where you say that you're going to um, be that you're going to help them perform, essentially. You're going to make that your duty. And then you follow up with um, your actions when they reflect um, your words. Then you're walking your talk, and, and it really has a power of, powerful impact on, on people. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us again today, Dr. Travis. It's always wonderful to chat with you and to see how you're taking a message out there that reflects the current times that we live in, the challenges, and do it in a totally fun yet powerful way. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And let's give out that website one more time. Sure, it's uh, squawkbook.com, S-Q-U-A-W-K, book. And then there's Squawk Mail if you want to send the e-card out to people. All right. Thank you, Dr. Travis Bradbury here on the Dr. Pat Show. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.